This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the Power 5 conferences previews continue with the Big Ten, with the not-a-box draft and breakdowns of the conference, the player of the years, and our championship picks, and NFL power rankings continue with numbers 25 through 19 revealed. Presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Today is Friday, August 12th. DJ Dylan Jesperson here, joined as always by DHD Holt. Dylan, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing really good. I'm coming off a really, really good weekend. I uh, I went with my family last Saturday to play mini golf. And I hadn't played mini golf in a long time. My brother and I, Hunter, who's 22, the closest in age to me, we somehow fell in love with mini golf on Saturday. I don't know what happened. We got ultra competitive. It was about 100 degrees in West Kentucky on Saturday. So we're just sweating. We're playing 18 holes. We get done. My brother beats me by one stroke. And we look at each other we're like, let's run it back. So we played another 18 holes of mini golf, 36 holes in total, just absolutely giving all in this mini golf classic. I called it the real masters on Snapchat because that's what it felt like. Every hole, every uh Every hit of the ball, it was just all emotion. It was incredible. Absolutely loved it. And we're like, we got to do this more. And then we were like, why don't we just build a mini golf course? And it all escalated into different things. And then that led into Sunday. I went back to Bush Stadium. I had an article on tvsportsbag.com last week where I said, I think I'm cursed. I've talked about it on the show. I had never seen the Cardinals win in person at Bush Stadium. 0-10. I've been going to games since 2005 at old Bush Stadium. Went and saw the Cardinals play the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees, led by the American League, probably MVP. If he doesn't, he self-destructs in these last two months. Aaron Judge, the Cardinals won 12-9. to I saw my first win at Bush Stadium. It was absolutely euphoric. It was incredible. I had so much fun. It was a sellout crowd on a Sunday at noon in St. Louis. Absolutely bizarre. Ballpark Village was popping. It was just a great weekend. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to have an article hopefully coming out tomorrow just talking about my love for baseball because I feel like there's been a lot of baseball going on. We're talking about a lot of football on the Dylan and Dylan show. Like right now, this lull before football season starts, a lot of baseball going on, whether it be the Little League World Series, baseball just kind of ramping up into – or the MLB, I should say, ramping up to the playoff chase, all that stuff. I don't know. I'm really appreciating baseball right now and the beauty of it. So, yeah, uh, it was a great weekend. But looking forward to talking Big Ten and NFL today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, especially because it, it, it's football season. Like we said last week, uh, you know, the first preseason game is now officially behind us. The first few preseason games now. Uh, high school and college teams have started their fall practices. The countdowns to games is officially on here at the Dylan and Dylan show. And I'm also like, extra excited because it's Big Ten week. Our college football show continues this week with the Big Ten Conference, and I am going to soak this one up because I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to say Michigan enters the season as a defending Big Ten champions. So I'm going to soak it up for a little bit. You know, I don't know. Ohio State could go rattle off another 15 in a row. So while I can, I'll just say, you know, we're entering the season as defending champions. Uh, before we get into any real football, though, any predictions, it's uh, it's draft time, out-of-the-box draft time. 
for the Big Ten Conference. You know the drill. Five players, three offense, one defense, one wild card. Any player from a team currently in the conference is allowed. Only exception is Nebraska because they were a part of the Big 12 uh, last week. So uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, I usually have a coin ready to go. Oh, yeah, I do have a coin ready to go. I want heads. Since it you, since it's since it's always heads, I'll give you a choice of which quarter do you want. Do you want the regular standard quarter? Or you want the South Carolina quarter? Is do you have the Wilma sitting? I around don't think I have the unless this is Wilma. Oh, this is do, Wilma. This is I, Wilma. I want Wilma. I want okay. Wilma. Wilma man killer head heads. Okay, well that's going against Wilma. Wilma's the that's tail. fine. That's fine. All right. Oh, it's a head. It's a head. <laughs> there we go. We almost got my back. Yeah. Um, I'll take the first pick. All right. Because there's someone, and I, I know who I should probably pick, but I think there's a guy that deserves to be picked number one. And I'm going back to the 70s. I'm going with a guy that I was taught the gospel of when I was a freshman in high school at Murray High. Shout out to Mitchell Bum, a guy that I became friends with very quickly after moving to Murray High. He, I, I would tell him, I was like, I'm a Tennessee fan. That's the pinnacle of college football. There's nothing better. And he was like, hold up, hold up. It's Ohio State. I was like, what is this guy talking about? And he started telling me about all the traditions of Ohio State football. I was like, this guy's crazy. Told me about, about a guy named Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman winner from 1974 and 1975 up there in Columbus, Ohio. Ran for an astounding 5,589 yards. And his time at Ohio State, his touchdowns aren't as crazy as like today's numbers. Still put up 26 touchdowns. I mean, he's a two-time Heisman winner. Did this all in the 70s. Only two-time Heisman winner ever. It's Archie Griffin, an iconic name that everyone knows. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. And I'm happy to snag Archie Griffin with my first pick. I'll throw it to you. Like that pick I had it written down, I wasn't going to take Archie, but obviously there's so much history behind Archie Griffin. I, I I have some Ohio State guys down, and I might take one here. You know, the, as a Michigan fan, it's tough to give them a, a, any kudos, but, you know, especially in these last 10 to 15 years, there have been some dudes that have gone to the Ohio State University. So uh, it's going to be tough to avoid I think in these next them. two and these next two drafts for both of us, with us doing the SEC next week and the Big Ten this week, it's going to be a lot of emotionally charged picks, I think, for both of us. And I, I think that's A-OK. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to avoid my bias picks uh, first off, just so I – because I know I'm going to be able to get so many of them in. So I'm going to get my quarterback first. Uh, the one quarterback that I think tops all of them is Drew Brees from Purdue. Uh, I think if if you're going by, like, who did the best, both in college and at the professional level, Drew Brees tops the list. I mean, there's there's other guys out there that you could take, but he, I mean, he had over 11,000 passing yards at Purdue. I mean, that's and that's before like the offenses today, where we're we're used to guys throwing for so many goddamn yards every year. It Drew Brees was the the pinnacle of that before, to the point uh, where like we didn't even know if like he would work in the NFL. He got drafted in the second round uh and then obviously the whole thing with the chargers and then then giving up on them but drew Brees is just that dude and i think when i look back on quarterbacks that have been so good like sum up the big 10 like was really good at a really small like not a really small school but like small for the big 10 standards but really performed and then used that as a stepping stone into the nfl to have a great career uh drew Brees is like he, he is the Big Ten at heart, and to have him as my QB1, I think it just fits. Uh, and so for my next pick, 
I'm going to go to my defender, and this might be considered a biased pick, but I think it's also the pick that if, you, if you're going to take a defender in college football, it's Charles Woodson. I think he's the best defender of all time, the only primary defender to win a Heisman Trophy uh, and possibly the best cornerback to ever play football. 16 interceptions in his career, I think that kind of gets overlooked, but that's a lot. I mean, that's like for a guy that you know – is so good to still go out and get 16 interceptions in his career uh, is good. But also, obviously, such a wild card. Uh, you could use him as your wild card, but I'm going to use him as my defender. But 321 punt return yards and in the, in the, uh, an iconic touchdown against Ohio State. Uh, 370 receiving yards and two touchdowns, 167 rush yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Charles Woodson, the way I describe him, uh, like, and I didn't even get to see him play, but I've watched so much tape, it's like, when you see like a, a high school that has a five-star recruit, that's how Michigan used him at, at the Big Ten level. It's like, we'll just put him wherever he makes the most sense, and he's going to wreak havoc, and he's going to just be so good because he's the best player on the field at basically every position. And that's why Charles Woodson won the Heisman uh, in 1997. Obviously, I know you probably have a little bit of a, a sore love for, for Charles Woodson because of the, his relationship with Peyton Manning in the Heisman Trophy that year. But uh, I think... In terms of defenders in college football history, I don't think you can go wrong taking Charles Woodson in it. So take Charles Woodson, take Drew Brees. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks. I I had Drew Brees as my Big Ten quarterback, and I was hoping, I was like, maybe he's a Purdue guy. He'll slide under the radar. I'll get him in the second round. I'm upset by that. That's my Sigma Chi brother. I, I thought I would be able to get him. Unfortunately not. Did not have Charles because I knew you would take him. I was like, he's the pick. But I was like, I can't take him. I've got too much bad blood with him with the 97 Heisman. Well, obviously, I remember very well sitting there in December 1997. Like, man, can't wait for Peyton to win this. Um, But, yeah, I just couldn't do it. It's too much bad blood. I'll have to scratch at the honorable mentions to get my quarterback. But I'm going to wait because I got time. I got other picks to make. I'm going to go with my wild card first. And this is a guy that I mentioned my time at Murray High and being taught the gospel of Big Ten football and Ohio State football by my guy at Mitchell Bum. We ended up going to Ohio State, and I'm very happy he did. Loved his time there. And a guy that I was always taught about or told about to go home on the weekend and watch, Braxton Miller. And that's my wild card, and I I think he fits this wild card spot so well because that's what he was. He was a wild card. He was a quarterback. He was a receiver. Literally put him anywhere on the field, and he's going to make a play. That's what he was while he was at Ohio State. Um, put up 5,295 passing yards. And it's not like he was like this amazing quarterback prospect. That, like He wasn't Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't Drew Brees. He was Braxton Miller. He was going back there making a play. I mean, rushing. Put up 3,000 rushing yards to go along with 5,000 uh, passing yards. The guy was incredible. Obviously wasn't, like, didn't put up the crazy volume receiving numbers there. Maybe some people thought he would. Uh, had 600 receiving yards, or 300, excuse me, 300 receiving yards, and, but has one of the most iconic spin moves of all time. And that opening day game against, uh, it was Virginia Tech on a Monday night, Labor Day. That spin move, iconic. I think we will see it until the end of time. I, that's how it should be in my mind anyways, because it was just, it was so, so good. I, I think Braxton Miller, is, he falls in line with those guys that we've mentioned in these past drafts, like a Tyler Lockett, like a Tavon Austin, like a Debo Samuel, who, who we haven't mentioned, but has come up with all these guys in my mind anyways, who are gadget type players you can put anywhere. And it's I'm interested what it would have been like if those guys had been put at quarterback at their schools, what they could have done. Their legacies might be even greater. Um, so Braxton Miller, my wild card, because I think he just fits that so well. And then I'm going to go to wide receiver. And for the first time 
in any of these drafts, I'm going with a current player. I'm going back to Ohio State, my third Ohio State player out of three picks, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, because that guy is incredible. I know he only has like one real season under his belt. He didn't play a ton as a freshman. That one real season as a sophomore is incredible. 95 catches, 1,606 yards, and nine touchdowns. That's as a sophomore in college. A lot of people have been sophomores in college. They know how tough that is. It's not easy. He bounced that and put up all those numbers with one of the best quarterbacks in the country, playing for one of the best coaches, one of the best programs. He's going to build off of it. He's hungry to make a point, and that Ohio State team is going to get into that later. But I, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the best to ever do it, and he's going to – our buddy Blake Beasley put out an article about him, and it really – it made me think about it. I was like, I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I, I was like, yeah. I didn't know who to take a receiver, and I'm very comfortable taking him. And they did my third Ohio State pick out of three picks, which I did not expect, but here we are. I mean, I, I talked about it. I mean, the, especially in these past 10 or 15 years, Ohio State has produced a bunch of dudes. My my best friend is an Ohio State fan. Uh, I've talked a bunch of Ohio State football over my lifetime. This this last season, Ohio State had probably one of the best receiving cores of all time. And I told him, I was like, Jackson Smith, the jig was like far and away the best of the three. Like, it's not even close. Like, I think I think Gary Wilson's really good. I, obviously, Chris Olave is towards Michigan. Jackson Smith and Jigba is miles ahead of those other dudes. And that's that's scary good. And the, the fact that he was just a sophomore last year uh, is scary. So I uh, like that pick. And Braxton Miller, another guy I've seen in person that just, it, it, yeah, he, he fits that for sure. So I uh, like both of those picks, even though I don't love them. Uh, I will grab my wide receiver. Uh, and it's the dude whose jersey I'm wearing, Mr. Number One. I guess that could be a ton of Michigan guys because number one is the, the receiver receiver number. But the greatest Michigan player I see, I ever got to see in person, that's debatable, but in my lifetime, I think the best Big Ten receiver ever, it's Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards was that dude when we were growing up. And I think he's just like the pinnacle of what a, a wide receiver would be. Uh, the dude, I mean, he has all the stats to back it up. 252 receptions, 3,541 uh, receiving yards, and 39 touchdowns in his, I think, just three years at Michigan. Uh, and, like, the way I put it is, like, if you're building the perfect wide receiver in Madden, you just end up with Braylon Edwards. He was six foot three, 214 pounds, faster than everyone, could jump higher than everyone, and had the softest hands. And, and he was just so highly sought after. Uh, coming out of Michigan that like he went on to have a nine-year career made a pro bowl and it's a disappointment in most people's eyes because he was seen as such a future hall of famer that uh you know nine years and a solid NFL career ended up being disappointing but when I look back Braylon Edwards tops the list and he he is my wide receiver one forever and, and I don't know if anyone will ever ever come close to that moving on I guess I'll get my wild card because I know you're not going to get my running back. I just, I just know, and I know you picked Archie Griffin. Uh, I'll get my wild card. And Michigan has a few really good guys that you could go with at this spot. I'm going to go with the counterpart to Braxton Miller. I'm going Denard, the main man, Denard Robinson, uh, number 16. Uh, he's really our Braxton Miller, but I think he did just a little bit better. 6,250 passing yards, 49 touchdowns. 4,495 rush yards and 42 touchdowns. I mean, the dude was just the truest dual threat. Uh, there was like, I mean, it was back-to-back years where he started the year just with like a thousand yards and two games. And everyone's like, all right, how, how does someone take the Heisman away from Denard at this point? They ended up doing it. It ended up being like Cam Newton. And I think 
I can't remember. I, he ended up getting hurt his senior year, so it didn't end up uh, really uh, going going down that road. But he was such a dual threat that he still ended up in the NFL, ended up at running back for the Jaguars, and for a couple of years was their best option at running back because he was that good and that dynamic of a runner. So Denard Robinson, I, he had his flaws for sure. If you you look up his interception numbers, there was definitely some flaws to Denard Robinson. But when you talk about putting him in a wild card spot and just being able to let him loose and do whatever he does best, that's that's what he was best at. And you can go back to literally his first play at Michigan. They put him in randomly and against UConn. He drops the snap. He just looks around and then just takes off and runs for a 60-yard touchdown. That was Denard. It was like, get him in space with the football and he'll make something awesome happen. So uh, happy to have Denard join my team. Uh, and then I guess I have to get my running back. Wait, or did I just go? No, I just went with both my picks. So the, get, get Braylon, uh, get Denard. I'll throw it to you for your next picks. Was Denard the quarterback when Michigan played Notre Dame in that night game? Yes. Okay, I thought so. That game, like, I don't know why, but it just sticks out in my head. as like just like an all-time great game. I remember watching it with my dad, and I, I thought Denard was the quarter. That was an awesome game. Denard was awesome at Michigan, obviously. I He's, like, one of those guys that's, like, really fresh in the brain. Like, remember watching him, like, almost every Saturday. It's like, this guy is incredible. I don't have as many memories with Braylon because I wasn't watching Big Ten football back then. I was literally just SEC Every Saturday, that's all it was because I was young and dumb, and that's how a lot of SEC fans are. Whoops. Um, <laughs> going to my defensive pick, I like both those picks, by the way. Uh, I love Denard. Uh, I just had Braxton a little bit higher. I'm one of my defense. It's another Ohio State guy. I, I feel bad that I'm going, going to Ohio State, but we mentioned it. It's I mean, Ohio State's produced so many guys, and I'm staying within this recent memory. Going back from 2017 to 2019, defensive end Chase Young. Second pick in the NFL draft came in fourth in Heisman voting as a defensive end, and I, I was trying to find someone else from a different school. And I was like, I, I I just kept going back to Chase Young. His numbers are crazy as a defensive end: ninety-eight tackles, forty and a half tackles for loss, thirty and a half sacks in basically two seasons, which includes fourteen and a, or sixteen and a half, excuse me, as a junior, ten and a half as a sophomore three and a half as a freshman. Absolutely absurd numbers from Chase Young. Obviously a monster. I The guy, when he was at Ohio State, you couldn't keep your eyes off of him. He was always making a play. He disrupted everything. It's what you wanted in a defensive lineman. It's just what he did. Absolutely incredible player. And I I wanted to go with somebody from a different school, but I, I just couldn't. It's Chase Young. He's incredible. And now the quarterback, who I was going to go with someone from a different school than Ohio State, but he was snagged up. So I'm going right back to Ohio State. I got I went five for five Ohio State Buckeyes. Troy Smith, the Heisman winner from 2006. I think he was my second guy right behind um, Drew Brees. I wanted to pick Brees, but here I am with Troy Smith. Uh, 5,720 career passing yards to go along with 54 career passing touchdowns, which is like the craziest career total passing touchdown number. But he fell that along with over a thousand career rushing yards, 14 more touchdowns. The guy did numbers in college, obviously won a Heisman trophy. He was electric in college. It feels like he was one of those. I'm not going to say the first. He, he falls in that line of just electric quarterbacks to play in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s that made guys like us fall in love with college football. Obviously, you're not probably as crazy about Troy Smith as other guys our age. But, like, people that don't hate Ohio State, 
It's like, yeah, Troy Smith was awesome. It's a joy to watch Ohio State. And I didn't plan on picking him. I plan on picking good old brother Breeze. But I, I, I'm A-OK with getting another Heisman winner up in here in my all-Ohio State Big Ten all-time team. That's a mouthful, but hey, I'm OK with it. I'll throw it to you for your running back pick. Yeah, it's funny that I talk about how biased I was going to be. And I actually, like, I had a Purdue guy. I, I can't blame you. I mean, like I said, I've seen, unfortunately, as a season ticket holder, I've seen all of those guys come through uh, in Michigan Stadium at least once. Uh, I, I I can't really remember Troy Smith. I did go to that 05 game, but I just don't really remember it that much. That's the thing. Ohio State had so many dudes that it's tough to, like, pick out one and be like, oh, that was the guy. I, I will say I was – I, I went to visit my friend uh, on Ohio State's campus when he back when he was there, and, and I saw Chase Young prior to when he was a starter. There was still I think Nick Bosa was still starting in front of him, uh, but we saw Chase Young just at a bar, and my friend was like, "That's a that's a future top five pick." I was like, "Yeah, I I bet." I mean, look at him like he's like a tower. He's so big, like like. That, I, I'll remember that vividly, like seeing Chase Young prior to like what he's already become. And it's like, oh, my God, like that is a yeah, he looks like an NFL player right now. That has to be like one of the most staggering things, like seeing like a guy that's like a top prospect or whatever, like in person without pads on. You're like, holy cow. I went to a football camp. My brother was a sophomore. I just graduated from high school. I went with him. It was in Jackson, Tennessee. And it was at the University School of Jackson, which is a high school. Confusing name, but story for another day. Khalil McKenzie was the number one player in the country. Or, excuse me, it wasn't Khalil McKenzie. It was Trey Smith. Excuse me. Thinking, I saw Khalil McKenzie. Trey Smith, who's from Jackson. Khalil McKenzie isn't. <laughs> Trey Smith, left tackle, number one player in the country, shows up. I think he was bigger than Murray High's entire offensive line. And they were doing a sled pushing competition. And we watched Trey Smith push the entire sled by himself. If you've ever pushed a sled, you know that's not easy when there's five people. Trey Smith went out there and pushed it all by himself. I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to Tennessee. I was like, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. And obviously now he's playing left guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's just seeing those people in real life, like without pads on, it's just, it's just, you can't take your eyes off. And you're like, holy cow, they're not, we're not the same species. These guys are just different. And, that's why they're professional football players or college football players or whatever. Yeah, it's funny, too, because I saw the dichotomy of it. I saw Chase Young, and then later I saw J.K. Dobbins, who at five foot nine does not look like an NFL player at all. And he, I think he was just sitting on his phone, and my, and my friend it was like, that's J.K. I was like, oh, sh- yeah, it is. It is J.K. That's wild. Uh, let me finish off my draft before we get too far off track. I got to get my running back. I, I saved it for last because I knew you weren't going to get him. It's not a name that jumps off the page, but he's my RB1 forever. Mike Hart, uh, the leading rusher in Michigan history, back in that same Braylon Edwards, Chad Henney era when I started getting into Michigan football. 5,040 rushing yards, 41 touchdowns, uh, only two touchdowns as a receiver, but 566 yards out of the backfield. It, he's the all time leading rusher in Michigan, which as a storied history of running backs, uh, uh, he's the current running backs coach at Michigan, which if you know the running backs at Michigan, they're a very good group. I think he's a future head coach of, a, of some program down the line. I think he's just like a really good dude and a really good uh, coach. Uh, he was really highly sought after when we hired him. And I know uh, he's going to get a shot down the line, whether it be, you know, at Michigan or, or somewhere else. Uh, and 
obviously I think most famous for being the originator of the little brother line between Michigan and Michigan state. If you, you go back the interview after uh, I think it was the 07 game where he said, you know, it's like playing your little brother uh, in basketball. You let him get a lead a little bit and then you take it back. Uh, and then Mark D'Antonio then proceeded to win like eight of 10 or something like that. Crazy on us after that. But it's still something that, like, if you say little brother to a Michigan State fan, it'll immediately get them riled up. And that's what's great about college football is, like, those things that live on in infamy forever. So, like, regardless of where you stand on the Michigan-Michigan State little brother thing, like, I think those moments are good for, for college sports regardless. Like, I, I, I even as someone that, like, lived the, the back end, like, the, the punishment of it because Michigan state used it as fuel for the fire for so long. I still think it was a good moment at, at, at the end of the day and I'll always love my cart. So he's my guy. Uh, and that will wrap up my team. Do you have any alternates that didn't make your list? Yeah, but I wanted to say, I, I fully sympathize with the little brother uh, sentiment because that is thrown around so many times in Tennessee rivalries. Cause Tennessee fans obviously call Vanderbilt little brother, which if there's a little brother, a thousand percent is Vanderbilt and the Tennessee Vanderbilt rivalry. It's absolutely Tennessee dominated it. It's in state. It's a lot Michigan, Michigan state, similar vibes. I don't think it's as that like, I don't view Vanderbilt as like this huge rivalry game. And I think I've talked about this before, but it is, I mean, it's in state. It's just two completely different fan bases, just how it is. So I, I understand that there. And I, I think it makes it fun. Like you said, cause it can get thrown back in big brother's face. If little brother wins. And I, I, I love that. My honorable mentions. So I don't get off track. My honorable mentions, I had Denard Robinson, obviously. Eddie George is someone who I wanted to pick, obviously a Tennessee Titans legend. But I was like, only one Heisman. I'm going to go with two Heismans. Uh, obviously, there's a million Ohio State guys that I could rattle off. Terrell Pryor, the receivers from last year that you mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Uh, Tom Brady, I wanted to get him. But I was like, the, the numbers just aren't there. I could do it for name value, but I was like, they're just I, – I don't want to do that. Um, and then, I mean, Elijah Sindelar is a guy I played high school football with that I almost wanted to pick. He played at Purdue for a couple of years. He just could never stay healthy, which I hate. And that's a problem that started the last time we played him in high school in a conference championship game. He got hurt. And I hate that because he was so, so good and so, so talented. Um, but, yeah, there's a ton of big team guys that you probably know better than me. Uh, who are your honorable mentions? Because most of mine got picked. Uh, I'll start with my non-Michigan guys. A lot of Ohio State guys, Chase Young, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. I think if, if I was going to have to go with a defender there, you uh, you mentioned Troy Smith. Russell Wilson uh, was also at, at Wisconsin. Uh, tough because he transferred there for just a senior year, but I still, like, he's one of the iconic guys. And if I really had to go down to it, Juice Williams from Illinois, if you, Juice Williams is one of my favorite college football players of all time. Uh, and Dick Butkus from Illinois. Illinois surprisingly has a, a couple really good uh, uh, players on that list. Uh, and then JT Barrett. I, I think if I really had to go with it, I, I think JT Barrett is overlooked all the time. I, I, I think he should have gotten a real shot in the NFL because, like, he was – Ohio State's Marcus Mariota. That's the way I always put it. He was the same type of dude, maybe a little bit less arm strength, but he was he was really, really good at Ohio State. Now my Michigan guys uh, that I didn't get to choose, uh, Desmond Howard, obviously, uh, one of those guys that just uh, name value alone. Uh, like you said, Tom Brady can't really like you can't really make the case for him as a college player uh you know he's just got the name value so uh you know love him to death but you know he's got a 
the history with Michigan is, is, is weird too. So it's, it's tough to even take that Aiden Hutchinson. If you ended up taking Charles Woodson, I could have just gone with Aiden. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to with the, the recency, but uh, you know, you can't pass up on Charles Woodson. Other Michigan guys, Tom, uh, yeah, obviously Tom Brady, Chad Henney, Hassan Haskins, Steve Breston, Jason Avant, Anthony Carter, Lamar Woodley, Brandon Graham, and Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I wrap it up with the dude. He was a, he was a good quarterback in in his time at Michigan and, and one of the best. So uh, had to give him an honorable mention. So awesome stuff. We will set the Big Ten off to the side for now because we are going to jump back into the uh, next stretch of NFL power rankings. You can see our first seven teams, thirty-two through twenty-six, on our Instagram. Uh, this week is numbers twenty-five through nineteen. Let's not waste any time. Jump right into it, Dylan. Who is your twenty-five ranked team? Coming in at 25, I believe my 26 was the New York Football Giants, if I remember correctly. So coming in at 25, I'm going to go to the other locker room. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I think the Jets have a lot of momentum, and I'm just not as high as them, uh, high on them, high as them, high on them as some other people are. I think a lot of people have kind of like, They've went all in on the hype of Zach Wilson, Robert Sala. They've, they've got some players in free agency, and their draft was incredible. Getting guys like Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, and Brees Hall and all the other names. I just don't think they're there yet. And I, I think they're a year away from being a year away, if that makes sense. Last year was the first year of this new system. I think Robert Sala's a dog. I think he's going to be a great head coach. I'm not crazy about Zach Wilson. But from all the news this offseason, he's got that dog in him. That's very clear. Zach Wilson's got that dog in him. And I think he could be a guy that it, – or it seems like this team's already bought in that Zach Wilson's the guy. They want him to be their leader, and that's big because if you don't have that, it's going to be hard to go out there and fight for him on Sundays. So I, I think they're going to be all right. I don't think they're going to be the Jets of the last four or five years that have just been miserable to watch. I think they're going to make games interesting. And when I was doing this 25 through 19, I was like, these are some good teams, but there's just better teams in front of them. Like I, the NFL is in a cool spot. It's kind of like the NBA in my mind. There's not a lot of just like really bad teams, which is really cool to see. Like a couple of these teams I'm, I'm going to mention after the Jets, they could make the playoffs in my mind. The Jets probably aren't that team because I, I think the AFC East is pretty good. I think they're the first team out of the East that makes my list. And I, I think – the East is pretty solid. They're going to have a tough time with those teams. And like I said, they're just – they're not yet there yet. They're building a nice foundation, just not there yet. So, yeah, the Jets at 25. I'm not a fan, but they'll be all right. They're going to put together some wins. Who do you have at 25? Uh, at 25, I'm going back to the other side of the locker room with the New York football giants. Uh, I, I think you said a lot of what I said I'm going to say this week. Uh, and – a lot of these teams within this 25 through 19, I, I think all fit kind of in the same realm where they're, you know, they're kind of close, but they're somewhat treading water. And I feel like the Giants fit that to a T where it's like, yeah, I think, you know, getting a, a new coach in there is going to do do loads of work for you. But I, I don't think the franchise is going to take any step forward or step backward until you figure out what you're going to do with Daniel Jones. Uh, you said it last week. I, I don't think he's the guy. And I think at some point, you keep looking at just like a basically younger version of Kirk Cousins and going, uh, maybe we shouldn't have drafted him as high as we did. Uh, and, you know, I think at some point, you know, they're going to have to come to that realization. And I think with a new head coach, it ends up being sooner rather than later. And you end up having to, you know, find a new option at quarterback. Uh, 
maybe Daniel Jones will prove me wrong. I, there's there's a, there's some evidence to say that maybe he'll take a step forward. But like I, I just am not sold uh, on the experiment of Daniel Jones. I haven't been since they drafted him, and I think with a new head coach, the kind of the rubber meets the road this this year, and they kind of have to end up taking a step back in that regard. So I do think they're a little bit ahead of the other teams like that I had last week, but you know, uh, only only until really like reality sets in this year and, and they really have to like really assess where they're at uh with their franchise but uh the giants at 25 going on to 24 who you got at 24 i'm gonna stay in the nfc beast i'm going with the washington the artist formerly known as the washington football team the washington commanders i think the good old commies i like them I like them. I'm not going to lie. I've been a fan of the commies for a couple years now. I think they play fun football. I just mentioned Chase Young in the out-of-the-box draft. I think he's incredible. That defense is just good. I feel like it's like an homage to the good old days of football. They play like rough, tough football. They just, I don't know. The offense is just ugly. It feels like they somehow score points and they somehow win games. It doesn't feel like it's planned. And I feel like that's, like, disrespectful to him, but I, that's just how it's felt the last couple of years. And who knows? Maybe Carson Wentz is going to come in the building and turn things around. I I don't like Carson Wentz. I'll put my hand up in a minute. I don't like him. I don't, I don't think he's the guy. But who knows? This might be his chance. He might fit. It might be the team rallies around him. You never know because they haven't had a guy at quarterback that could get things done the last couple of years. Who knows? Maybe Carson Wentz is, like, healthy and he can go back to form. And if he is, then Washington's going to be a lot better than 24th. And I hope they are because I like this team. But, yeah, I don't know. There's too many question marks uh, that outweigh the good parts that is that defense that I think is awesome. So, yeah, the, the good old commies at 24. Who do you have at 24? At 24, I've also got the New York Jets making the New York sandwich here at the 25-24 spot. You had 26-25, but I have 25-24. Uh, and really just copy and paste what I said about the Giants, but it's the Jets, and it's a year earlier in the process. I think Zach Wilson is the big sticking point for me. A lot of these teams, it's going to be like, you, you got somewhat of a good roster. It's just like, what is that quarterback going to prove to me, and what is he going to show? Like you said, I love Robert Sala. He's a Michigan guy. I think he has the stuff to be a really good coach. I just don't think there's there's so much you can do with Zach Wilson at quarterback, and there's so much you can do with his receivers that he has around him. Uh, I I think Corey Davis is a good receiver. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I don't think he's ever going to be a good guy to, to rely on, especially for a guy that, like Zach Wilson who needs someone that he can really rely on and get you know his first real successful season under his belt. And, and after that, I mean, what? is it Garrett Wilson? Like, are you really going to rely on a rookie to, to be your no, go-to guy? So I just feel like that offense is just so broken at this point, And it starts, it really starts with Zach Wilson. Like that, you could make that receiver core work with like a, a above average quarterback. But I just think with what you have in Zach Wilson right now, it doesn't work. And I think that's just where the Jets are. And I think it's going to take another year or so for them to realize that because they just drafted him. They just served the rubber. But, you know, like you said, they did have a really good draft. I love Sauce Gardner. Uh, Obviously, I think Garrett Wilson's a stud. So they have some talented guys on that roster. But I just think the the quarterback is the sticking point there. And that's going to be a theme for a lot of these teams uh, in my in my grouping here uh moving on to 23 who you got at 23 at 23 i have another team that i really like and i really like their defense i think their defense is different than 
Washington because I think the, it's the Carolina Panthers. I think Carolina's defense is more athletic and flashy. And they do a lot of really fun things. But the offense is, I don't know, it's got so much talent. But it's like, what's going to work? Is Baker going to come in there and make this a dynamic offense? I'd love to see it. I think Baker Mayfield is an NFL quarterback. I know some people don't. I think Baker can get the job done. It's just if Carolina lets him, if they actually decide, okay, Baker's QB1 or Sam Darnold QB1, is Matt Corral QB1, is if P.J. Walker's still there, is he QB1? Like, if there's Matt Rule, it seems like he can't decide who he wants the quarterback to be. And they've got to decide. They got to make a decision. Who's their guy? Who's going to go out there with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and all these other guys that are so talented on offense? Christian McCaffrey. They got Chuba Hubbard as running back, too. And if anyone's a college football fan here, which I hope you are, you know just how good Chuba Hubbard is. So that offense is just loaded with talent. The defense is loaded with talent, but it feels like they're stagnant. Like, like you said about these teams in this range. They just feel stagnant, and if they can't make up decisions about who's going to play the most important position on the field, they're going to belong in this range of teams which sucks. If they can decide, who knows? They might make noise. They might be able to tread water and try to fight for a wild card spot. They're not fighting for the title NFC South. I'd be very surprised if they do, but they they could maybe tread water. Who knows? If, if they can get a good season out of Baker, they could be all right, or they could be floundering. Who knows? Yeah, Carolina Panthers at 23. Who do you have at 23? At 23, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, apologies to your father. I know that you're a big Steelers fan, but the Steelers are my saints of a year ago. I, I just think mostly everyone's on the same page about this one. Big Ben had to go. He needed to retire. He was a shell of himself. But you could have had a better plan to replace him afterwards. And I think that's the big sticking point with, with them. I mean, you're you're going into the season with a quarterback battle of Mitch Trubisky and already failed experiment and Kenny Pickett. A solid, I mean, Kenny Pickett is a solid player, but he is nowhere NFL ready. I think I, I think anyone can agree with that. Like, he was a very good player at Pittsburgh. He has a lot of potential. He is not an NFL ready quarterback. So uh, I think at the end of the day, it's not going to cut it with whoever ends up being the starter there. It, it, if it's Mason Rudolph, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good enough. So uh, I don't care what TJ Watt does or if they somehow, you know, they'll probably end up with like the best young receiver somehow that we haven't heard of before, but at, it's George Pickens. It's yeah, George it, Pickens. That's of who course. It is. I forgot George Pickens was there. So yeah, of course, George Pickens will probably be rookie of the year, but it's just, they're so far behind the rest of the league at quarterback. They're going to have to, I think it's just, this might end up being a, a tank for CJ or tank for Bryce type year for Pittsburgh at some point, because it, they're just, so far behind at that spot and they've just been so used to it's so different when you've hit you've been a franchise used to good quarterback play they've had such a solid quarterback in big ben for so long when you take that step back you realize how much you need an actual quarterback when you take when you have a guy that's not nfl ready so i think the pittsburgh take pittsburgh Steelers take a step back this year they're at 23 moving on to 22 who is your 22nd ranked team in the nfl at 22, I have another team that a lot of people are really high on, and I'm probably way too low on, but I'm okay with that. I'm going with the Miami Dolphins, which might be like, whoa, this is really low for them. People were high on them last year, and I was like, why? They went on that winning streak towards the end of the year. They ran off like seven or eight straight wins. Then they ran into the Tennessee Titans, the Titans team that was AFC South champions that went to the playoffs. That was a good team, and the Titans absolutely pummeled them. 
And then you look at that stretch of games before that where they went on this eight-game, seven-game winning streak. They played a lot of teams that were in the top ten of the NFL draft, a lot of bad teams. That's what happens. It feels like that built this hype for the Dolphins. The Dolphins are good. They're a team that can compete. I don't think they can. I I don't want to dislike Tua. I've got a lot of bias against Tua because he played for Alabama. He broke my heart, all that, blah, 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 all that. I don't think Tua is the guy. I just I don't think he is. I, he hasn't shown it to me yet in the NFL. I haven't been impressed. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to be the guy to help him either. Because it's not like Tua's been a guy that we're like, oh, yeah, he can just sling that rock. If this was young Josh Allen, it'd be like, okay, yeah, Tyreek Hill makes sense. Just send him down the field, and Josh Allen is going to throw that ball as far as he can, and it's going to come down in Tyreek Hill's hands. Tua feels like, like Tua's a guy that puts it on a dot, or that's what he's supposed to be. I just don't see the fit Tyreek and uh, Tua. Obviously, all the clips on social media were like wobbly balls and stuff. It's very concerning. I don't know. I'm just not crazy about him. It, like all these experts are saying they're going to have this turnaround season and all this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel it. I don't see it coming. I feel like the Dolphins are the Dolphins, and that's what we're going to get. It just feels like they're a middle-of-the-pack team, and that's what I see reigning true. And like I said about the Jets, I think the Jets have probably a better team than the Dolphins in my mind. They're just – it's the Jets. And um, I see the Dolphins just being a little bit better. But I think the Jets have more momentum. And the Dolphins should. They picked up Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the league. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think it changes much. I really don't. And I, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they're a really fun team. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. So I have the Dolphins at 22. Who do you have at 22? Uh, I have the Washington Commanders at 22. And I, I will say I do think the Commanders are trending upwards. They definitely are trending upwards from my last year's uh, power rankings. Uh, and we've talked about it before. The defense that... Washington has built could make them serviceable for years to come. I, I think that's the good part about them. I, I still think you're fumbling the ball and building an offense, like you said. I think I, I'm a little bit higher on Carson Wentz. I thought he was a pen, potential superstar in Philly before he got hurt. Then he got hurt. He hasn't been the same since he's got hurt. So I, I don't, I'm not that high on him, but I do think he's obviously a step forward from what they've had. I think that's one of the big things is like they were. They were okay last year. They're a team that relies on their defense. You just need a little bit of an upgrade there at, at quarterback, and I think they made it. So I I think they could surprise some people just because it's going to be tough on, to score on them, whoever you are. Like, I don't know anyone that really looks at them and is like, oh, we're going to put up, you know, 30 points on them. No, like, it's going to be tough to score on them regardless. It's just going to be tough for them to hang with a lot of those teams at the same time. So, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it because it's like one of the worst managed franchises of all time, but I do think of the franchises in this list, they are the ones that are trending upwards the most for me, just because of the defense and how like solid it is and the upgrade, the the, the small but serviceable upgrade they made at quarterback. So I, I got the commanders at 22. I think they could be surprising to some people. Moving on to 21, who you got at 21? At 21, I'm so sorry to my father. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I like this Steelers team. I do. I really do. I know I keep saying this about all these teams, except for the Dolphins. I, I don't like them. I like I like the Steelers. I think they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think the Commanders, the Commanders defense is awesome. We've both said that. The Steelers legit have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Like, no doubt. TJ Watt is one of the best defensive players. All that. You could say all these things about the Steelers defense. Cam Hayward, all those guys. They're just dogs. And they play awesome defense. And they're going to come out and play every week. 
But they got Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett at quarterback. And as you're listening to this on Friday, you know that Mitch Trubisky got named the starter for the preseason game, which makes sense. It's We want to get him reps with our guys in game action. Do they see Mitch Trubisky leading them to the playoffs? If so, hey, more power to him. He did it in Chicago with a team that had a really good defense. I don't know. I don't see it. it you never know. I just like power ranking. It's like, I don't know how you could put this team with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett preseason over some other teams. It's just, it's hard to see it. Najee Harris is awesome. George Pickens. I think, like you said, he's going to be that rookie receiver that people aren't paying attention to. And it's like, yeah, he's the best one. Like he comes out of nowhere from Georgia. He becomes a Steeler, And it's like, yeah, he'll be a hall of famer. They've got so much talent on this team, but it's like what's happening at QB. It, it feels like, like I said, this, this section for me in my list, anyways, it's like what, there's question marks, and it's like it's hindering me from putting them over other teams. But the Steelers are a team that I could definitely see getting the wild card spot in the AFC. I would not be shocked at all. And I have them at 21. Would not be surprised at all if the Steelers end up in the playoffs just because that defense is so talented. They've got guys on offense like Najee Harris, like a George Pickens, like a, a Deontay Johnson that can make plays. But it's who's going to be throwing the ball, who's going to be snapping it and handing it off to Najee. Like, what's going on there? It's a lot of question marks. But it's a Mike Tomlin coach team, so you never know. It's I don't know. I'm higher on other teams though, but I, I don't hate the Steelers at all. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you with the Steelers. There at 21, I've got the New Orleans Saints pretty similar to what I had them last year, and the pattern continues for these teams for me. Do they have a good roster? Sure, especially if Michael Thomas is back to his old ways, which it definitely sounds like he is, uh, according to the stuff in training camp. But the burden falls on Jameis's store uh, shoulders, and interestingly enough, I think. Of all the quarterbacks I've mentioned, I still have like the most faith in Jameis because it's like for backwards reasons. I, I think it's just like I know he has the talent. We saw how good he was at Florida State. People forget how good those Florida State teams were back in the day and how good he was and how astronomically better he was and how he was the best of a lot of really good quarterbacks at Florida State. Uh, but he just never has had it, like just quite had it at the pro level. Uh, but I always am like, Maybe this is the year that Jameis figures it all out. Every year, I'm like, he, he just, he has the arm talent. He, he can make the right decisions in the right system. Maybe this is the year. Uh, so, and I mean, maybe it's different when Michael Thomas back and you get a full year of Jameis healthy. But I still think where you're at now with Jameis at quarterback, I just think I can't put them ahead of, of some other teams on the list. So it, they're, they're all the same. It's like, I... I'm just so questioning what you have at the quarterback spot, which is so pivotal that I can't really put you ahead of some of these other teams. So 21 for New Orleans. Uh, Like you said, this is about the point where you could see these teams being competitive for the playoffs. I I can't say at preseason that they will be, but I I could see it uh, down the road. So moving on to the top 20, who you got at 20? At 20, and this, this is kind of sad, but this is my third NFC North team. And obviously it's not the Green Bay Packers. It's the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings are a fun team. I think that connection between Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson is elite. It's just what else is going on. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's awesome. And they're going to score points. And they're going to win games. No doubt in my mind. It's just in my head, I just think some teams are better than them. And I think I I went to the Bengals-Vikings game which I last year, which I've talked about a million times. And I went into that game and I was like, oh, yeah, the Bengals are going to, like, rock them. 
and the Vikings just have a way of staying in games and like hanging around, being being able to score points. Kirk Cousins, at least once a game, just throws a ball up, and he's like, "F it." Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere, and it works. It feels like it happens like once a game, and it works. And they put up points. And this is a team that's going to be in a playoff hunt, but they are a clear number two in their division. Like if if any division has clear cut one and twos, it's the NFC North. Like there's like those two teams will be in first and second. I have no doubt in my mind. You can take that to Vegas, walk into Caesar Sportsbook, and like that's a guaranteed bet. I don't think they would take your money because it's so guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, I. I don't dislike the Vikings. I imagine the Vikings will very much be competing for a wild card spot. I just, there's teams better than them. At least in my head, I think they're better than them. And I think deserve to be ranked over them. But yeah, at 20, we'll with the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you have at 20? So this is definitely going to be another bold prediction for me. I don't think it's that bold, but I'm sure people in the NFL sphere will, will find it bold. I got the Indianapolis Colts at 20. I do not think the Indianapolis Colts are a very good team. I I really do not think Matt Ryan is the savior of the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think he's that much better than Carson Wentz is. And I don't think, even though they didn't have to give up too much for him, I don't think every upgrade is worth it. I don't think every move is worth making. And I think this is one of the ones where I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, I think that's okay. I don't think it's wrong. I just don't think it was worth it. I don't think making that move was really like logistically worth it. I just think people are too high on the Colts. It's more of a feel thing to me. I think people are way too high on getting Matt Ryan. It's like, the, do you think Matt, are you think they're going to win a, a Super Bowl in these next two years? I really don't. And that's really all you've really got with Matt Ryan left. I don't think he's got much more than two or three years left in, in his body. So what, what what is it like? What I just don't know what people are seeing with the Colts. I think the Colts are my Dolphins in your respect, where it's like I just don't see it. I think Jonathan Taylor is awesome. I think that like I think he's an awesome player, but that's one piece that doesn't fix everything else by just adding Matt Ryan to the formula. I I, I just I just don't see it. I don't I don't see what everyone else sees in the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're a bad team. I'm not and saying they're a bad team is is rough. They're at twenty. I think they're way worse than a lot of people are having them because I've seen them in the top 10. I've seen them near the, the 12, 13 range. I think they're not top half of the NFL or even close in my game, in my mind. So I, I don't even, I, I would keep them at 20. I think that's the right spot for them. Um, but I think some people might have a, a problem with that, but I, I know you don't as a, as a Tennessee fan moving on to 19, wrapping up our, our power rankings for the week. Who do you have? as your first team in the teens. I don't have the Colts at 19. I kind of wish I did now uh, because I'm not super high on the Colts. I wasn't super high on them last year. And le- I was right. Uh, the Colts are a really good team. I do think they're a good team. I, I, I won't dispute that. They're not top half of the NFL. That might be spoiler for next week, but I, I don't think they're like this elite team that everybody thinks they are. That, it feels like people are putting them in the same respects as franchises like the Patriots and the Steelers and I, I Patriots and Steelers, let's go with them. In our lifetime, they've been the teams that like, no matter what they win football games, the Colts aren't that they're, they're just not, they've got a good team, but they don't, I don't think they deserve that much respect. And a lot of these people that are rating the Colts so highly rate the Titans low. And that doesn't seem right either because the Titans have routed off two straight AFC South championships it's they lost AJ Brown and Julio, but it's not like they got that much production out of AJ and Julio last year. So it feels like they're gonna be all right. 
a lot of head scratching with all that nonsense going on. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm right there with you. I got the Colts a little bit higher, but yeah, I had to go on a little rant there because I, I don't see it either. My 19th pick, my first team in the teens, is a team that you mentioned not long ago before the Colts, the New Orleans Saints. I like the Saints. I think I think you like the Saints too. Jameis is a question mark, but I I have faith in Jameis. I remember how good Jameis was at Florida State, like you mentioned. And the thing about Jameis is he's got so much talent on that offense. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, they might get Odell Beckham Jr., just throw it up. Just throw it somewhere. Michael Thomas is going to be running a, slat, a slant. Just throw it to him. Chris Olave will be open. We, we know this. It doesn't matter. Chris Olave will find a way to get open. Jarvis Landry's a veteran at this point, which seems weird to say. He'll find ways to get open and catch the football. You can do it, Jameis. I believe in you. The defense is always going to be solid in New Orleans. It feels like it always is. I, I think New Orleans is a team that, isn't to that level where it's like, oh, yeah, we have to, like, circle that game. They're going to be dangerous. Like, we we don't want to play the Saints. But it feels like any Sunday they could be like, yeah, we're going to win this game. And that that's a good spot to be in. They don't have to worry. Like, th- they obviously have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which both of us are going to have highly ranked, I imagine, in our list. It feels like they're the team in the NFC South that can be like, okay, we can go into Tampa Bay and give them a game. And that's a good spot to be in, I think. When you've got a team that's so dominant in your division, that's a good spot to be in. And I think New Orleans could surprise people this year. They could also be bad. Who knows? I, I think that's the realm we're in. But I, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about New Orleans. I think they're going to have a fun year. And it's going to be fun to see Jameis throw balls up to Chris Olave, to Michael Thomas, to Jarvis Landry, hopefully Odell, and to watch Tyron Matthew. I didn't even mention him. Tyron Matthew on defense. All these LSU guys coming back to New Orleans. I'm Really excited to see it. I think it's going to be a fun year in New Orleans with so many unique personalities on that team. Excited to see it. Uh, and I'm, like, talking myself into them more as I keep talking. I'm like, I, I want to boost them up the list. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Saints are going to be all right. 19 seems like a good spot for them. Yeah, and we didn't even mention, neither of us mentioned, Alvin Kamara uh, for the Saints. It, it, it's, like, the most overlooked dude in the NFL right now. Is he going to uh, play? I think he's going to play. I believe he's going to play. <laughs> he got in quite a bit of trouble. I know, but I believe <laughs> yeah. he's going to play. I, yeah, I, if he I plays, a, yeah. But, like, I, he was the seventh best player on Madden this year, or the seventh best running back on Madden this year. It's like, I, I know, like, yeah, he might not play. It, he's not the seventh best running back. He is one of the best running backs in the NFL if he's playing. So, like, uh, yes, there. That is one of the question marks. I think that's one of the reasons why the Saints are too low. I do think he's going to end up playing. So, uh, anyway, enough of our Saints love. Have I ever point. told you the story about how the, the time I met Alvin Kamara? I don't think so. So, it's, real quick. My brother going into his senior year. Fo- <sighs> senior or junior? I don't know. Probably junior. Yeah, junior. Going into his junior year, he went to a football camp at Tennessee. and. Like, part of, like, the paid thing was, like, you get a tour of the facilities, and the camp ends on the field at Neyland Stadium. And my my dad and I were like, we got to go, too. So we, like, did all the tours and stuff with him. And at the end, we were just on the field as he went through went through drills, my brother. And I looked over, and I was like, Dad, I think that's Alvin Kamara. And I walked over to him, and I was like, hey, man, congrats on getting drafted by the Saints. Dap me up. He's like, appreciate it, man. Big year coming. And Alvin Kamara's been a stud ever since. And I was like, 
that's so cool. I was like, I got to meet Alvin Kamara before he exploded. It was so sick. Alvin Kamara's the man. My phone's going crazy. It's probably Alvin Kamara hitting me up. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, finally wrapping up our last uh, spot, 19. I've got a team that you mentioned earlier. I've got the Carolina Panthers. I'm a little bit higher on them than you are. Of all these teams, I think they're the only team that truly upgraded because I do think Baker is a true upgrade from Sam Darnold. Uh, I said last year, I think you give guys like Sam Darnold an extra chance. You gave him that extra chance. He didn't really do much of anything with it. So now you move on to a guy like Baker, who I think has it's not like Mitch Trubisky where he was a failed experiment. The Browns just decided they wanted to upgrade. They thought they could upgrade it to Sean Watson. And it was kind of an ugly breakup with Baker because I think like, I, I don't think Baker was in the wrong for what happened with the Browns last year. I think a lot of people are on the same page with me on that. It's like, I think Baker kind of got a raw deal in Cleveland. I, I think that was kind of just the organization making a, a tough decision at that point. But at the same point, I don't know if he's like the missing piece for sure. I don't know if for sure Baker solves all your problems. He's still not like a top tier quarterback. He's still a very good quarterback, but he's not someone that comes in and immediately makes you a contender. However, like you said, I mean, this, this team is very talented on the offensive side of the ball. And if Christian McCaffrey can just stay healthy, I I would love to see what him and Baker can do for a full season, because that could be a really dynamic duo and really could be the start of more of like read options and that type of play in, in the NFL being more accepted because Baker is the type of dude that can actually run that for an NFL system. And if you've got a guy like Christian McCaffrey, taking the other side of the, like that can actually work. And, and then you've got all the different RPO stuff you can do with Christian out of the backfield too. So it, it, I, I think the thing with Carolina, I think that it just intrigues me so much. It's like, let's see what Baker can do. Cause that offense could look really special with those two. Uh, if they all stay healthy and everything goes to plan. Uh, and, and like you said, their defense is talented. I, I think they have a lot of true upside. Uh, they're the one team that I think could shock even myself at this point, because they have a lot of upside on, on both sides of the ball. So uh, I like Carolina at 19. That'll move. We'll do it for us at the NFL level. We'll move back into the big 10. It's big 10 breakdown time. I've commented on the amount of noise each conference has made this off season. And no conference has been noisier than the big 10 as they added USC and UCLA for the 2024 season flirted with more expansion at one point, signed a billion-dollar TV deal, and I think the best move, stole CBS away from the SEC. Uh, I love that move uh, in, the, in the, uh, the media realm. But uh, like I said earlier, the Michigan Wolverines are the defending Big Ten champions. I have a ton of to say about my Wolverines, but Dylan, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts about the Big Ten headed into 2022? O-H-I- Oh, Ohio State is them boys. And I know Michigan's the defending champions, and I'm going to let you talk about Michigan in a little bit. Ohio State has to have a chip on their shoulder because they have one of the most talented rosters in America. You've got C.J. Stroud, who as a freshman, tore the country up. They were, like No one expected C.J. to be that good that quick at Ohio State. Like, I mentioned it last week. People are like, Quinn Ewers should maybe start over him. Like, we got this guy, Quinn Ewers. He's the guy. And CJ's like, nah, th- this is my job. I- I'm going to be the quarterback here for, like, two years, and then I'm going to go to the NFL. And that's why he's shown. There's a reason that the Heisman race at this point is two guys, and one of them is CJ Shroud. 
it's because he was so good last year. And you got a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I drafted as my all-time Big Ten receiver, who's a junior this year, who's going to be a top five pick in next year's NFL draft. I have no doubt about it. He might be in the Heisman race. Who knows? He probably should be so good. The Ohio State team, they're going to have a chip on the show, like I said, and they're going to want to run through every single team. They didn't get to play in the college football playoff last year. They lost to their heated rival, the Michigan Wolverines. And you know that is burning them up inside. And they're going to do everything in their power to be undefeated uh, on that weekend in November. It's late in the season. I know that. I don't know the specifics. And they're going to go for it. And I, I, it has to be the most anticipated game of the year this season. I know there's games that I'm going to talk about next week when we preview the SEC. That the Ohio State-Michigan has to be the most anticipated game of the 2022 season because everyone wants to see the, the Ohio State revenge tour. But everyone deep inside, unless you're an Ohio State fan, they're like, yeah, you want to see Michigan beat them again because it's awesome. It's like that's it's just the great part of college football. Obviously, there's more going on in the Big Ten than just Ohio State and Michigan. And I'm going to let you talk about Michigan. I, I'm just going to mention them here and there. I think Purdue is a team that a lot of people are going to overlook just like they do every single year. I got to watch Purdue live in color in the Music City Bowl, and I was amazed because Tennessee seemed to have them on the ropes early. And they said, no, we're going to hang around. We don't have any problem with that. They played for a game that had a million points and lasted seven hours. They played pretty good defense. And I know that's going to be overlooked because there's so many points, so many yards. They They did a good job of being able to stop get stops when they needed to, to stay in the game. And I think that's a testament to their coaching. I think a guy in Aiden O'Connell, who's a former walk-on, is going to surprise a lot of people. He's a good quarterback. He did a really good job. He seems like the guy that's going to have that former walk-on tag that goes into every game. He's going to have the video package and he'll throw for 300 yards. He's just, he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, Purdue, they just seem like a team now that's got in that realm that they're going to win eight games like every year. That's just what they do. And I'm happy for them. That program, uh, it feels like that program, that fan base, they deserve it. I, I feel like they're in a good spot. Iowa, they're going to play good defense. Th- that's what they do. They're going to be boring to watch, and they're going to play good defense. Probably the same thing with Wisconsin. They're going to win the ball, and they're going to play good defense. Is Graham Mertz finally going to become Graham Mertz? That's what I want to see. Because all I've heard for, was it four years now, five years now, he was going to be the savior of passing at Wisconsin. Hasn't happened. And early last year, he looked rough. So I, I'd like to see a difference there. Uh, Penn State, do they – I just – I know – I think you're higher on Penn State than me. I think you're – like, obviously, you're not like, I love Penn State. But, like, Big Ten fans, like, Penn, Penn State's, like, close to being elite. I don't see it. I, I, I know, like, a lot of people think Penn State's almost there. I think the Big Ten this year, anyways, it's two teams in, in my head. And I might be very wrong. and But I want to see what Penn State does. They lose a guy in Jahan Dotson. That was electric, like one of the most electric players in the country. How do they replace him? Where do they go from there? Obviously, James Franklin Franklin is an awesome coach, and I want to see the adjustments they make, how they can, like Iowa or Wisconsin, can fit in this Big Ten race, try to fill a wedge and get in there between Ohio State and Michigan. I want to see what Michigan State does because they came out of nowhere last year. How do they disrupt everything and – where America wants to see Michigan and Ohio State, how does Michigan State fit in and try to just create havoc? I, I'm very excited to see what happens. I think the Big Ten, while I think it's a two-team race for the championship, I think it's very interesting because you got teams 
in like a second tier, like I mentioned, like Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, that could create havoc. And it's any given Sunday, you could have an upset, and it's like, whoa, everything's different now. And I, I think that's really, really exciting to think about. My team to be, uh, it's Ohio State. I think that's my my Big Ten champions. I Like I said, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I think, like, out of every team, and, like, I guess this is kind of spoilish for next week, I think Ohio State is the most talented roster in America. I think that team is just so, so good. It doesn't mean they're not beatable, but they're so good. And they're, they've got more experience under the belt, and I, I think they're going to be so good. Um, and then my player of the year, I'm going to go – I guess I'll go uh, CJ Shroud since I drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think it could be either one of them, but I, I'll go CJ. He, he's in the Heisman race, and I mean he's the quarterback of what I think is probably the best team in the country. So I, I'm gonna go CJ. Lots well, Ohio State love. So I'm gonna throw it to you. Why is Michigan being overlooked? Because I I just like represented the whole country. Everybody's talking about Ohio State going into this season. Why is Michigan the reigning champions being overlooked in this Big Ten landscape? So. After that fateful day in November of 2021, where I got to witness Michigan not just beat Ohio State, but dominate OSU in, the, in a meaningful game for the first time in my life, a narrative started to form around this Michigan team. I heard it nationally, but it's also been used a bunch by people in the OSU media world. And it's, I know this because it's really the first time I've been able to stomach Ohio State media. And the first time in my life I've been able to listen to it. And I've, I've realized that the narrative is that the 2021 Michigan team was led by mostly seniors, mostly like sixth year senior, fifth year and sixth year seniors, uh, guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Hassan Haskins, and now that they're gone, we'll go back to you know a ten and two, nine and three team, uh, you know, just you know, kind of just take a step back now that Ohio State has grown older, older those older guys from our team has, have graduated. Let me use my time to explain why that's wrong, and Michigan will compete with OSU again this year. Number one, the elephant in the room. I love Aiden Hutchinson. That dude was one of my favorite Michigan players of all time. But he was not like this highly regarded recruit out of high school. He was like 120 or something out of high school. He was one of the best Michigan defensive players. But that fits the same. uh, We have an identical recruit in him and Braden McGregor. Uh, but McGregor was like almost identical in the spots of where they were recruited wise at, at defensive end. They play almost identical in, in the way that they plays. They're both four-star edge rushers from Michigan and they both sat behind really solid edge rushers before Aiden sat behind Chase Winovich for like two years while he developed Braden sat behind Aiden for two years and now he gets to come in and be the starter. So I'm not saying Braden is going to be Aiden Hutchinson right away, but if he's just a poor man's Aiden Hutchinson, that's all we really need him to be because Aiden was amazing last year. He was one of the best defensive ends uh, in the country. Number two, uh, arguably, I think every position that we graduated after that, we upgraded. I mean, I love Hassan Haskins, but he wasn't even our starter at the beginning of the year. Blake Corum was our starting running back until he sprained his ankle. Uh, so he's going to be back. And then Donovan Edwards is a five-star. And he is he was only getting better at the end of the season last year. He had like 100 or so, a ton of all-purpose yards in the week uh, before the Ohio State game. He's going to be more in, uh, in the mix this year. I think we have the best one-two running back combo in the Big Ten. And that's saying a lot because Ohio State has a very good one with Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. But uh, then going on to number three, you return a receiver group that outperformed expectations last year. And 
that was without our best guy. Ronnie Bell tore his Achilles in week one last year. So now you add our wide receiver one from last year back into a mix with Andrew Anthony and Cornelius Johnson. Outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think we might have the best, like, true core of receivers when you add in our tight ends and Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker. We, like, we have the best, like, group of targets to throw to. I, I'm not saying – because Smith and Jigba, like, alone is probably the best target in the Big Ten. But I think if you're talking about, all right, every progression, one, two, three, four, and five, you've got a guy that can catch the ball and make something happen with it. That's something scary to have on offense. Number four. A.J. Hanning is going to turn heads this year. I, I'm calling it right now. Rumor is he's going to be the Debo Samuel of our team this year. They're moving him into a Debo Samuel-type role into the offense, and I think he is going to be so good in that role. I told my dad last year, we should give it to A.J. Hanning at least once a drive because I was like, I feel like he gets 10 to 15 yards a, a touch, and I looked it up. He averaged 14.8 yards a carry as a, as a wide receiver. In as a sophomore wide receiver, the dude is going to be very, very versatile this year, and I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. People are going to be talking about, oh, he is the next Debo Samuel, Percy Harvin type of dude because he he gets it done. And then finally, when it all comes down to it, it's it's down to that quarterback battle. And if JJ McCarthy wins the starting job, look out, we really could make it back to back Big Ten championships this year. JJ throws the prettiest ball. I have ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that the analogy I always make is when he throws his deep ball, it goes into the receiver's hands better than a baton transfer on like a track and field. Like the receiver doesn't even have to break his stride. He just grabs the ball and keeps running. And he did that in the sparing amount that he could have played last year. Uh, and, and just wowed us every time he did it. And look, I love Kate. I, I, I love Kate Nakamura and what he did for our team last year. And what he does uh, would be so useful to a lot of teams, and it was really useful to us last year. But the, the problem is J.J. is just objectively more talented at passing and running. I mean, J.J. was our read option specialist last year. He was a pro-style guy out of high school. We didn't even think about him as an athletic guy, and he came in just to run the read options because Cade literally couldn't do it. Um, so, I, I like, I, I love Cade, but the, the ceiling for our offense goes through the roof. When you've got a guy that can get the ball to that talented group of receivers that I talked about in any scenario, it just gives your offense so much more ability to what they do. And it just gives you such a dynamic look. And I think if you hear that JJ McCarthy has won the starting job, cause it's not a, it's not a guarantee because the, the thing is, the the big thing is, is what happened with Joe Milton and and Cade and really Cade a, a year before because Joe Milton was, uh, I mean Joe Milton was a three star but he was so talented he was the epitome of what we see is like he's he was Cam such a Newton that's what it looks like <laughs> he looks like Cam Newton and it's like okay you've got the purely talented guy in J- in Joe Milton or JJ McCarthy or you've got steady steady Eddie and Cade McNamara who. I mean, he had like three or four picks last year, which is like the lowest of any Michigan quarterback in so long. He he was just so consistent and such like when you talk about a game manager, the best game manager I think I've ever seen in terms of a college quarterback. The problem is, is like if you want to take that next step, beat a team like this Ohio State team that you said, like just only got older, basically, like they graduated two really good, but only really just matured one year better. 
if you want to take that and beat that team again, if you want to go into the college football playoff and not get embarrassed by a team like Georgia, it's going to take a guy like J.J. McCarthy manning the offense and making your offense actually versatile. Like, the thing was, was like, we, we were good at running the football last year, and I think we'll be a really good running team again this year. Uh, we have really good running backs. We also, I didn't even mention, we added an All-American center to an already stacked offensive line. We added a transfer in that. So our, our offensive line is going to be maybe even better than it was last year. Uh, we've got a really good running game. It's all going to come down to can the passing game make our offense dynamic enough to beat a team like Georgia, a team like Alabama, a team like Ohio State again. I mean, like we have to go to the horseshoe this year and beat Ohio State on the road. We're not going to do that in the same way that we did last year by running the ball down their throat. It's not. It's going to take an extra effort from our quarterback. And I think uh, if JJ's our guy, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot more excitement out of me if JJ's the guy because. There's only so much we can do with Cade. And the thing is, it's like, I don't see Cade losing the job. Cade's so good at like what he does. He's not going to make enough mistakes to where he loses the job in a big way, unless it's like too late. And I think that was the big thing last year is like, Hey, he lost the job in the game against Georgia. Like that's when he finally got benched was, and it was far too late for JJ to take over at that point. If, if he's a starting quarterback, it, it really is a, you know, Ohio State and Michigan are right there. And I, I, I could say, like, it, it, even with all the talent that Ohio State has, I mean, they've got Julian Fleming, who was a number one wide receiver that no one's talking about. I mean, they've got, got uh, uh, Marvin Harrison's son is an Ohio State wide receiver. I mean, the dude, they're going to have so much talent on that offense. But I still think if JJ's our guy, we're, we're right there. I mean, I think he's right there with CJ. I think he is that talented of a, of a passer that I think, uh, you know, a lot rides uh, on that decision at quarterback. And, you know, uh, it's tough. I mean, we're replacing two coordinators this year, too. I mean, the offense and defense, uh, obviously, I think defense is going to be a lot harder to replace than the offense. Josh Gattis was good but we had some guys behind him that were doing a little bit on the back end that we, we feel confident enough with it's more, what is that defense going to look like without Aiden Hutchinson, without David Ajabo and without uh, McDonald uh, running the, uh, running the defense. I still think there's talented guys there. That's the thing. We had so many young guys on that defensive side of the ball already. I still think we're going to have a, a solid defense. And like you said, it's, other than Michigan State, I think Michigan State's a pretty good team. Penn State's solid. I don't think anyone is on the same realm as Michigan and Ohio State this year. And Michigan's schedule, I mean, like, we were supposed to play UCLA these next few years, and that got canceled. Our schedule is so it's, – it's barren. Our, we are going I, – I, I can confidently tell you we will be undefeated after September because it's, like, play, like, East Carolina and teams like that. So – I. I think it really is going to come down to where we're at once we go into the Ohio State game. If JJ has been the guy and he's rolling and he's ready to take on that, then yeah, I'm going to have a lot of confidence. If it's not, if it's Cade and we're looking like the same team we had last year and we're going into Columbus trying to run for 300 yards again, uh, I'm not going to be very confident that we're going to be able to do that. So uh, I understand where the, the, the criticisms are coming from to an extent, but I also think, you know, people better watch out because if you overlook this team, they're going to, they're going to make you look silly. I still think they've got 10, 11 wins on the, on their, under the belt. And maybe if they can get by Ohio state at the end of the year, maybe a, a first 12 and 0 season in a long time. So uh, with that being said, I'm taking Michigan over Wisconsin uh, as the big 10 champions uh, and my player of the year, it's going to be Blake Corum. 
the running back, if he stays healthy all year, I mean, dude, dude was going to run for like 1,500 yards last year if he would have stayed healthy. And what he can do uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, I think he he is such a dynamic player. I think people overlook him, and I think he's going to be uh, kind of like almost like a Kenneth Walker 2.0 for like what we do this year. He's going to be so good in that regard. So uh, I like Michigan. I like Blake Corum, obviously. And that's uh, that's going to be my picks for the Big Ten. Moving on to the last conference next week, the SEC. And that means uh, college football is like one a couple weeks away. I can't believe it. Uh, any final thoughts, Dylan, before we wrap things up? So we are two weeks away right now from week zero, which is Nebraska Northwestern. We are three weeks away from seeing our teams play. I assume Michigan plays week one. Tennessee, as you're listing right now, Tennessee would have already played three weeks from now. They're playing on Thursday night. So as we're recording, 21 days from now, Tennessee is going to be playing football. I cannot wait. And I'm not going to get into it right now because I'm bottling it all up for next week when we talk about the SEC. And I literally cannot wait. I've already taken my notes, and I'm going to change them a million times. I'm so excited. Literally by the day, I get more excited, and it's been this way for like the past month. I I haven't anticipated a football season this much in a long time, and I'm it kind of terrifies me because I'm like I'm gonna be hurt, and that's okay. It's part of the, it's part of the sport. It's what makes it so great. Um, I had one last thing I wanted to mention: Hard Knocks is back, which makes you know that football is almost back. And I don't want to get into it too much because it's your team. It's the Detroit Lions, and it's awesome. This is like the best Hard Knocks I've ever watched. It's only been one episode. Dan Campbell was made for the show. And if you haven't seen that Aiden Hutchinson scene where he's singing Billy Jean in front of the whole team, it's so electric. The whole team just buys it. And I'm like, yeah, I love this team. I was like, am I a Detroit Lions fan? I was like, I might be. So if you haven't seen that, seek it out because it is awesome. Yeah, that's all I got. Cannot wait, cannot wait to talk SEC football next week because, hey, it just means more. See ya. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to get too far into hard knocks, but I think when you watch that show, you'll realize like maybe the Lions aren't built to win football games like we both had them in our, our bottom tier of teams. They were built for a show like hard knocks. I mean, uh, what's his, the running back? Uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. The, that I mean, that speech that he made was like, that was even like out of body for him because he's usually the dude that's just like talking about anime off on the side. And that all of a sudden he's giving the best speech that I've ever heard from a Lions player. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I like this team. But it's not, it's not often that I can say I actually like the dudes on the Lions. A lot of the times I'm not a big fan of the actual players on the Lions. I like all of them. I mean, I'm a huge Aiden Hutchinson guy. I love Jamal Williams. I, the, down the line, a lot of these guys are really likable dudes. And, and obviously, Dan Campbell, uh, hard not to like a guy like that. But that's going to do it here from the Dylan and Dylan Show. Here is where you can find us. Uh, you can find the show at Dylan Dylan Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Insta- uh, Instagram at Tunnel Vision Sports underscore. TikTok and Twitter at underscore TV Sports. Facebook and LinkedIn at Tunnel Vision Sports. And on the web at tvsportsmag.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all next week. See you later.